1: Let's talk some hoops. Micah Shrewsbury has been working tirelessly to assemble his first roster as the Notre Dame men's basketball coach, and the future looks much brighter than it did just a couple months ago.
0: You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: What's up and welcome to Locked On Irish. It is Thursday, May 11th, and thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast platform, I appreciate you joining me here. And all I ask is that you hit that subscribe button because it really does go a long way. My name is Tyler Wojak and I'm the host. I'm a Notre Dame alum and producer at the Fox Sports headquarters in Los Angeles. And in today's episode, we've got a lot to catch up on with the Notre Dame men's basketball program. Pretty much since the moment Micah Shrewsbury was introduced as the new head coach, there were rumors that he would be bringing his entire recruiting class from Penn State along with him. I talked about it on this podcast multiple times, and I thought that's where things were headed. And then last week, it became official. The Irish landed five commitments in the span of six days, three from high school recruits in the class of twenty twenty three. all of which were committed to Penn State at what point in time. And then there was one additional recruit from the class of 2024. And then Notre Dame actually got an undergraduate transfer. Yep, you heard that right. An undergraduate transfer from Penn State got to Notre Dame. Um, and this list doesn't even include another undergraduate transfer, albeit one from Northwestern and Julian Roper, the second who committed a few weeks ago, uh, but that one was a little bit less surprising given the similarities between Notre Dame and Northwestern academically. Um, I will get to the class of 2024 recruit Colcerta later on, but today we're going to focus on the players who will be eligible to play on this year's men's basketball team. And let's just go over how Shrewsbury was able to make this happen. And I'll talk a little bit about each player and then consider what the future looks like with these guys headed to South Bend. But I want to start by thinking back a couple months ago, because I really think we need to understand just how bleak things were uh, at the very end of the Bray era. So Notre Dame was coming off one of the most disappointing seasons in school history, finishing 11 of 21 and 3 of 17 in the ACC. We didn't know who the coach was going to be, Every returning starter was gone, and J.J. Starling, one of the few five-star recruits to commit to Notre Dame, entered his name in the transfer portal along with several other returning players, and then Starling immediately bolted to Syracuse. And then there was a point in time where Notre Dame had just five scholarship players left on the roster and I say five but really it was only four returning players because one of those five was Marcus Burton a high school recruit the lone recruit who remained committed to Notre Dame after Bray announced that he would be stepping down at the end of the last season if that wasn't rock bottom I'm not sure I want to know what is insert Micah Shrewsbury News broke on March 22nd that Shrewsbury was leaving Penn State for Notre Dame, and he was officially introduced just over a week later on March 30th. And he quickly got to work assembling his roster because, let's be honest, there was a lot of work to do. Notre Dame did not have many guys coming back on the roster. And of the guys that did, uh, including Alex Wade, guard Tony Sanders Jr., uh, J.R. Konefsi. I always say that wrong. I'm sorry. And then Matt Zona. There just really wasn't a lot to work with uh, for Shrewsbury at the start, and he realized he, he needed to get after uh, those recruits that he had while he was at Penn State, and that's what he was able to do. But for the first month of Shrewsbury's tenure at Notre Dame, we weren't really hearing much about any concrete results That backed up the amount of work that Michael was actually doing, traveling around the country, trying to get his guys over. And things actually managed to get worse at one point. Um, A little bump in the road on April 17th, when the promising power forward, Van Allen Lubin, uh, who will be a rising sophomore, he entered his name into the transfer portal. He even said uh, in his going away message that he wanted to play on a winning team next season. I don't necessarily blame him. Uh, He had a lot of potential, but basically what that meant was that entire recruiting class, Bray's last recruiting class uh, when he was still a head coach, they were all gone. So really, Shrewsbury was starting from scratch here. At the time of this recording, Van Allen Lubin uh, has not announced his next destination. Maybe he will. But the transfer portal actually closes tomorrow, so we should be getting some answers here as to where guys are going. But again, I don't know if Van Allen Lubin is even considering coming back to Notre Dame at this point. But then on April 18th, Notre Dame finally got some good news when Julian Roper II, the six four guard from Northwestern, announced that he would be transferring to Notre Dame. How about that? A guy actually coming into Notre Dame to play for the men's basketball team next year. That was uh, much needed at the time. And then over the next three weeks, I think we're all just waiting to see when these guys would actually commit. But as we know, whether it be football, basketball, or pretty much pretty much anything, to be honest, Notre Dame. Um, they're not known for their speed in getting things done. Uh, I actually remember a story when I was uh, I was a senior at Notre Dame at the time, and Notre Dame had just announced uh, a pretty a pretty big rule change that all undergraduate students would be required to live on campus for three years. I know that's the case for athletes, but students actually had the option to move off campus. I did after my sophomore year, um, and I really enjoyed that, but. This was a big decision. It was met with a lot of resistance for a bunch of different reasons, Uh, one of which was that there simply were not enough dorms to house all of these students. And when uh, they had this forum and you could come in and ask questions, raise concerns about all these things, the student body president at the time, my class president, she called out, One, Father Jenkins, who's in the room, and then I think it was the the president of student affairs and said, "Okay, so you guys are really going to enact these rules when you all know how slow you are at getting anything done. It was a mic drop moment and one that I'll never forget. But I think it applies here because Notre Dame does not work swiftly uh, when it comes to these decisions. That was the case here. So finally we got some word that this was actually going to start happening at the beginning of last week. And one of the things was Brayden Shrewsbury, one of the guards. I mean, Micah said literally in his introductory press conference that Brayden was going to be coming along with him. So we all knew that was going to happen, but then he made it official on May 1st. And uh, then in the ensuing days... Every guy followed, and this was actually orchestrated by Micah. By the way, he said he texted all these guys and said, "Hey, you're academically cleared by the school. Everything's good to go. You're into Notre Dame. You can announce your intention uh, to play for Notre Dame whenever." And then they literally picked the days that they wanted to announce. and Brain got the first one, so he made his announcement official on May first, and then Kerry Booth made his commitment official the next day. Then Logan Imes followed suit and committed the day after Booth, rounding out the class of 2023. Then Colcerta, the 6'4 shooting guard out of Bloomington, Illinois, he became the first commit in the class of 2024 on the fourth day. And then on the fifth day, Shrewsbury rested. Just kidding. He actually waited one more day. And then on the fifth, or excuse me, the sixth day, Notre Dame received a transfer from Keba and Jai, the rising sophomore from Penn State. He announced his commitment on May 6th. So... With the four incoming recruits and the addition of Keppa and Jai and Julian Roper, Notre Dame now has 10 scholarship players on the roster for next season. They can scrimmage. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's going to amount to 15 wins, but you know what? Notre Dame scholarship men's basketball players can run five-on-five five in practice. We will take it because – Honestly, not that long ago, we weren't sure if that would be the case. They only had five at one point. They might not even be able to make it through a season now, obviously. I'm being a little bit dramatic here. Uh, But you get my point. Notre Dame's in a much, much better shape than they were just a few weeks ago. And now Notre Dame has the number 23 class in the country, in the class of 2023, according to the 247 Sports Composite. Now, obviously, this class doesn't stack up with, like, the Kentuckys, the Dukes, and and the Blue Bloods, obviously. But when you consider where Notre Dame was before, this is a really big step and sort of a savior of this class because if Shrewsbury wasn't able to get these guys over the line and get into Notre Dame, then he was really starting from behind. There would basically be two recruiting classes in a row in which he had little to nothing to work with. Now, that's not the case. It also just about equals what uh, Notre Dame's class would have been likely if Bray had not announced that he was stepping down. I think with Brady Dunlap and those guys in tow before they left, and they still had Marcus Burton, obviously. I think it was right around that range. He was like 30 on rivals, 23 on 247. So same ranking, although different guys, guys who really want to play for their coach and Micah Shrewsbury. So I think the future is bright for this group. It's going to take some time to develop, uh, but I'm not as worried about these guys bolting right away because they clearly want to play for Shrewsbury. That's the reason why they left, and I expect Shrewsbury to be around for a while. So this is really just the beginning. All right, coming up next, let's meet the class of 2023. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you, Built Bars and Built Puffs. What makes Built so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. These bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy. Each bar only has 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. You can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club, and you can still get your specialty flavors at Bilt.com. So head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a four-bar box of Built Bars. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box with some of our hit flavors. No matter how you get your supply of Built Bars, you're in for a delicious treat, and you can thank me later.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles
1: Thanks again for making Lockdown Irish your first listen of the day. Now let's meet Notre Dame's new men's basketball commits in the class of 2023. And we begin with a headliner from this class, Kerry Booth, the 6'9 power forward out of Brewster Academy. Booth is the highest rated player in this class. 247 has him ranked as the 49th player in the country and the number 11 power forward in this class. Booth shot up the rankings a lot, especially at the end of the year. I think he was like a fringe top 100 prospect, but then the end of a season, I guess what he's done in the AU circuit and things like that, he has catapulted himself up to the top 50, and that is great for Notre Dame. That's a big-time player coming in uh, to South Bend. This guy's got great basketball pedigree. His dad, Calvin, is the GM for the Denver Nuggets, and he actually played 11 seasons in the NBA himself. So... Having a high basketball IQ seems like a given, and that's certainly the case with Booth. He's also really long, he's got a great wingspan, and he's extremely athletic. Now, I will say, his stats from a senior season won't blow you away, which I think is a reason why a lot of people, myself included, saw him shoot up the rankings like that, and then you look at his stats and you're like, wait, what? He only averaged 10 points and 5 rebounds per game in high school? That doesn't make a ton of sense, but it does make sense when you actually look at uh, look into it a little bit further and understand the context. So, as I mentioned, Kerry Booth, he was out of Brewster Academy. That's in New Hampshire, which is not necessarily a basketball hotbed to most people. But Brewster Academy is one of the top prep programs in the entire country. They're going to send in nine players off last year's team to Division I programs, including Connecticut, Tennessee, and Xavier, and now Notre Dame. It's also where Donovan Mitchell went to school, if you've ever heard of him. So this is a big-time basketball program, and he did really well there. He excelled. He's one of the better players on the team. They finished 35-6 and last season in one of, if not the most competitive conferences in the entire country. So Booth had a role on the team, and he did it exceptionally well. I think that's encouraging, and we should all be excited about that. And the fact that he was such a good team player, uh, because that's what Notre Dame is going to need, and especially with the type of offense that Shrewsbury likes to run. And if you ask him, he'd even admit. He said his uh, numbers quote weren't anything special, but he recognized that he was in such a great situation and he needed to make the most of it. And he did. He was a great player. So uh, to give you some uh, some background on his scouting report, this one comes from Adam Finkelstein, the director of scouting at Two Four Seven. Quote: The crux of the upside is based on the combination of size and skill. At six foot nine, he can already stretch the floor and projects as someone who should continue to become more consistent as a floor spacer, more subtle but just as intriguing long term as the basketball IQ. That's what I was talking about earlier. It makes sense, given his dad. Now, as for some of his weaknesses or things that he needs to improve upon, he needs to build up his body, and this is a quote from Adam, by the way, he needs to build up his body and get a lot stronger in order to impact the game, the paint. He isn't yet able to play through contact consistently. He needs to be a better rebounder on both ends of the floor, end quote. I get that. Um, If you look at his frame, you're like, okay, yeah, this dude definitely needs to put on some pounds. But again, he's just in high school right now. I think this is a more of a long term play. I don't expect him to be like a one and done player at all. I think he has a lot more work to do at the college level, but it's very easy to get excited about Booth. It's great to have a guy like this in tow, especially after what we had to watch last season when Notre Dame couldn't get a single rebound and they didn't have anyone on the team that was nearly as tall as Booth. Uh, Certainly not one that was playing consistently. So I'm excited to see him play. I wonder how much he's going to have to be used early on. He probably could be better off if he could ease into it. But given the Notre Dame roster situation, I don't know if that's going to be the case. We will have to see. Okay, another player that Notre Dame pulled from Penn State, Logan Imes, the six foot four, one 175-pound combo guard from Zionsville, Illinois. Zionsville is like just north of Indianapolis, so it's only a two-hour uh, drive away from campus. And if you're wondering, well, why wasn't Notre Dame looking at him before if he was that close to campus? He actually committed so early to Penn State in March of 2022 that by the time that Notre Dame got around to him, I believe Anthony Solomon went to one of his games. They talked about maybe getting him on campus. He was too late. Like Shrewsbury was on him early because, partially, because Imes actually was teammates uh, with Marcus Burton on the Indiana All Stars as well as Braden Shrewsbury on the AAU circuit. So there was some connection there, and uh, that's how Shrewsbury like sort of made that connection with him. He was on him early. And then Logan Imes loved Shrewsbury so much that he wanted to commit right away. He didn't really consider any other schools. So he picked Penn state. And if you know what, uh, about Michael Shrewsbury's offense and what he likes to do, it's shoot threes. And guess what? Logan Imes likes to shoot a lot of threes. He averaged 16.9 points. Um, As a senior at Zionsville, he led his team to a 15-9 record. He was like the guy on the team, and some nights he had to carry them with 30-plus points, and he was able to do that, but that's not really what he likes to do. He's been on record saying that. He likes to do a little bit of everything, and that showed in his stat sheet. He also averaged 5.6 rebounds, 3.1 assists, and 1.2 steals during his senior season, so... He's a three-star. He's the number 193 player nationally. So, again, this is a guy who probably needs some time to get acclimated to the college game, but I think there's plenty to get excited about. He's a sharpshooter, and I think he's really competitive. This is a guy who I think probably would have fit perfectly in a brace system, and I think he's going like it's going to fit perfectly well into Shrewsbury's as well. And this is a thing that we've kind of talked about before, especially when I had Mark Titus on. A few weeks back when Shrewsbury just got hired, he's an Indiana guy, and he was like, look, Shrewsbury loves his Indiana guys. That's where he's from. That's a big reason why he wanted to come to Notre Dame, and Logan Iams is a perfect example of that, and I'm really excited to see what he can do at Notre Dame. And speaking of Indiana, Marcus Burton, let's talk about the guy who committed to Mike Bray. He's Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana. It's the first time a player from the South Bend slash Mishawaka area has won that award in 45 years. So Marcus Burton went to Penn High School. That's a Mishawaka, not far at all from Notre Dame. And uh, he was incredible during his senior season. Like, this dude is a flat-out bucket. He averaged 30.3 points per game a senior season, scored a school record 909 points, and he carried Penn – to a 28 2 record. He was phenomenal, but he did fall short of winning a state championship. The problem is his size. He's only six foot one. He's a three star. He's the, under, he's the number 147 player nationally and the number 19 point guard in his class. 24 7 Sports had him as the number six rated player out of Indiana, despite the fact that he did win Mr. Basketball. But I don't put too much stock into that. I think he could be a very good player at Notre Dame in time. This is a dude who hustles. He doesn't let his size define him. And look, the thing that I love about him is that this dude clearly wants to go to Notre Dame. He really aspires to be there and play there because he publicly committed to Notre Dame three days after Notre Dame initially offered him, which makes me think he probably offered or he wanted he wanted to commit on the spot when he was offered. He made the announcement a few days later. I don't know the exact account there, but I'm guessing that as soon as that offer came in, he was like, yep, I'm going. So that's great, uh, first of all. And then you consider the fact that once Mike Bray left, he was like, no, I'm not leaving. I want to go to Notre Dame. And he did, and he was going to stick around, see who the coach was, and... The fact that he did, I think he's gonna it's gonna pay off for him big time because I think he's gonna fit great into what Shrewsbury wants to do. And Shrewsbury certainly loves the fact that he got Mr. Basketball from the state of Indiana in his first full recruiting class at Notre Dame. And let's close here, win the class of 2023 with the coach's son, Braden Shrewsbury. And I get the last name. You're probably thinking, okay, Braden, like, is this is this like a Brad Calipari at Kentucky deal? I don't know if you guys are familiar with Brad Calipari. Obviously, John Calipari's son somehow made the team at Kentucky during, I think he was on the 38-1 and team, and he just looked like a fish out of water on the bench. He was so not good. (laughs) I think he had to transfer to, like, Detroit Mercy or something. He should never have been on the team, but he was. And it was sort of like a bit because he had a giant tattoo that said, earn, not given, like, really, dude? Really? Earn, not given? I digress. Let's get back to Braden. He's a three-star. He's the number 186 player nationally. Um, He was actually the number five player coming out of the state of Pennsylvania. He's only 6'2", 170 pounds, but not surprisingly, he's a sharpshooter, and his dad loves a lot of shooting. Penn State, they shot a ton of threes, so it's not surprising that the guys that he wants at Notre Dame are going to shoot a ton of threes, and I think that there's already some connections on this team. I mentioned one already with Marcus Burton, Logan Imes, and Brayden. Like, they all kind of know each other already, so it's great to see. It's great to have these guys in tow for Notre Dame, and I'm really excited about this recruiting class, and it could be the first of many really impressive recruiting classes that will come to Notre Dame under Micah Shrewsbury. All right, coming up in segment three, what Notre Dame can expect from the guys they grabbed out of the transfer portal.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles,
1: All right, now that we've covered the high school prospects, let's talk about the guys who've actually played a little bit of college ball in their careers so far. And we begin with Keba Jai, the six 6'10", 240-pound rising sophomore from Centerville, Ohio. He actually played high school basketball with J.J. Starling, and he started 26 games for Penn State last season, but he actually played in all 37. That's impressive one for a true freshman to do that at a Big Ten school. It's even more impressive when you consider the fact that he actually reclassified out of high school so that he could play for Penn State early. So he played that entire season at an age in which he should have been a senior in high school. So think about that as I go through his stats here because he only averaged 3.5 points a game, 3.4 rebounds, but he actually didn't play a ton. It's interesting how they used him his freshman season because, like I mentioned, he started 26 and played in all 37, but he only averaged... minutes per game. So he wasn't out there a ton. But as the year went on, he had more and more of a role. His role increased, and he actually had one of his best games of the season in Penn State's win over Texas A&M in the NCAA tournament. And his role on that team was to get rebounds and defend, something that Notre Dame was not necessarily known for. in the Mike Bray era, rebounds and defense. But it's certainly going to be nice having a guy like this, a guy of his size, on the team this season. He was also a four-star prospect coming out of high school, like a fringe top 100 prospect, 118th in the country in like the composite rankings. Some had him higher and actually in the top 100, but played a big-time high school. He played really competitive uh, college basketball in his freshman season. So he's a guy who doesn't have like a ton of experience, uh, but he's been around a college football, or college basketball program for a year, excuse me. So he knows what it takes to win. Um, and I think he's even talked about how it's been an absolute whirlwind for him since the moment that the Penn State season ended because then Shrewsbury leaves, then he's got to figure out how he's going to get over to Notre Dame. And I'm sure that out of any of these guys, and Jai probably had the most difficult time getting from Penn State to Notre Dame as an undergraduate transfer. We've been over this before on the podcast and all the different things, all the different difficulties that come with that. But I'm happy to have him on board at Notre Dame because I think he's a great athlete and he's going to bring a presence that Notre Dame, frankly, hasn't seen in a while. All right, another transfer. Julian Roper, I mentioned him at the beginning. He committed earlier than all of these guys. He's from uh, Northwestern. He's 6'3", 180 pounds, and he hails from Detroit, Michigan. He played his first two seasons at Northwestern and was a pretty solid role player. He started a few games his freshman year but did not in his sophomore year. They liked him off the bench, and he averaged about 20 minutes per game both uh, during both seasons. Again, stats won't blow you away here. He only averaged 4.4 4 points. rebounds, 1.1 assists, but he did shoot 42% from three last season. We like that. We like that on this podcast. Um, He only played in 15 games, though, last season. He did suffer an ankle injury uh, in February that kept him out the rest of the year, so he didn't get to participate in the NCAA tournament. I think the Northwestern Wildcats, they made it for just the second time in school history. So One weird thing that I noticed that I feel like I, I should say, he shot 10 of 22 from the free throw line. That's 45%. His field goal percentage was actually as good as his free throw percentage. Not what you'd love to see out of a guard, but he only did. Sh- he only shot 22 free throws. Maybe he was an outlier. His freshman year, he shot 71% in 28 free throws. So maybe it was just a mental thing. He had the ips. But um, that's going to be interesting because I feel like if you're a terrible free throw shooter, you're not going to be a good three-point shooter again. But his stats are weird. I just feel like I had to mention it. Um, as a recruit, he was the number 141 player in the country, number 32 shooting guard. Uh, he averaged 20.2 points per game and 10.3 rebounds per game. All of the scouting reports says he's extremely competitive. He's a dog. He's going to get after it. And that seems to be a trend with all of the guys that Mike Shrewsbury has got to come to Notre Dame so far. And Notre Dame's going to need that. They're going to need to be scrappy. They're going to need to fight for loose balls because they're probably not going to have more talent than a lot of the teams they face, assuming the ACC bounces back a little bit next season. So what impact will all of these guys have in 2023? I think the transfers are going to start right away they have to <laughs> like no they don't have a ton of options there so they're gonna have to start and I think for the young guys too um, they're gonna they're gonna be asked to contribute early in some cases it might even be too early but again this is just The situation at hand right now. It's not ideal, um, but there will be some growing pains. But, you know, with these young guys getting in early, as long as their confidence doesn't get completely shot, if they struggle, I think that they could get a lot of those growing pains out early and that they could use this year to sort of build some callus, you know, and get better as the year goes on. And then I think in the long run that this will benefit them because even if you're not playing well on the court, like you're still playing, you're still learning, you're learning the college game. And I think that's going to help them later on in their careers. So, Notre Dame could still add four more players. I don't know if they will. Uh, today, by the time you're listening to this, the transfer portal will have closed four undergraduate transfers now. If you're a graduate transfer and you want to enter your name in, you can at any time. So if Notre Dame is able to pull guys that way, that would be great. They could certainly use some more veterans on this roster. I think there's a lot of guys who are still in the portal who haven't announced a team or a destination yet. At the time of this recording, I haven't really heard of any potential targets other than the guys I'll just mention because I think that's what the focus has been on, getting these guys into Notre Dame so that they could be on the roster. That was Shrewsbury's number one priority. Now they're sort of branching out and trying to get other guys who don't have a prior connection with him. Him or Notre Dame that's where it gets a little bit interesting but I think Notre Dame might be able to snag a grad transfer too the problem is it's not super appealing right now because the roster or really just not the roster as much as it was how the season ended last year all the roster turnover all of that like a grad transfer is probably gonna gonna want to go to a team where they know they're gonna be competitive where they've got a chance to make the tournament and win some games maybe Notre Dame could do that but it's going to have to be a big sell from Micro Strewsbury to these players, uh, whoever they may be. So my expectations for this year haven't changed a ton. I sort of assume that they would get guys, and I think that these guys are really good players. And I think the long-term future is bright. Um, but I still think next year is going to be pretty tough, given how reliant Notre Dame is going to be on these young guys with basically little to no experience. But like I was saying, this could expedite their development, and this could be better in the long term. The main thing to take away from all of this, in my opinion, is that guys love to play for Micah Shrewsbury. That much is clear. And that was true with the old coach, too. I'm not even saying this is like a, a dig on Mike Bray or anything like that because we love Mike Bray on this podcast, and the players who played for him loved him as well. We saw that a lot um, when he was walking out the door. But Shrewsbury is going to work harder on the recruiting trail and get a different breed of athlete into Notre Dame. That's evident already. Like what Shrewsbury has been doing the past couple of weeks since he was brought on to Notre Dame, he's been a dog on the recruiting trail. His first priority was getting these guys in. But he's been throwing out offers to guys in the class of 2024. And I'm really excited to see what he can do when he has time to actually meet with them, bring them to campus and all that. Because I think there's going to be a lot of really talented players in Indiana that he could actually get to Notre Dame. Maybe players that in the previous regime they weren't as focused on. But we're going to have to see. I'm really excited to see what this looks like down the road when this thing really gets going. Um, And if nothing else, Notre Dame is actually going to be fun to watch next season, which certainly wasn't the case last season. So I'm excited. All right, that's going to do it for me today. Thanks again for making this your first listen of the day. Remember to subscribe to the show on YouTube and send in your mailbag questions for tomorrow's episode on social media. Um, the Twitter account is at LockdownIrish. The Instagram is at LockdownIrishPod. Or you can hit me up on my personal Twitter account, at Tyler Wojek. That's at Tyler, W-O-J-C-I-A-K. I'll see you guys tomorrow.
0: The NCAA tournament is almost here.